0: The insultants, and this is edition number twenty-one. We've made it twenty-one weeks, Keith. Where we insult everybody in the media business—radio, TV, digital, print—it doesn't matter. We even insult people who aren't in the media business. <laughs> so happy New Year, and welcome to version number twenty-one, edi- edition number
1: twenty-one mm-hmm. of the Media Insultant. How are you this morning? Doing great, Jackson. Thank you. And yeah, you know, it's 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 a uh, it's a rare privilege that privilege that guys have like us. Because, you know, we're not looking for work much. So, uh, you know, hey, what do we, yeah, we say what we feel, you know, instead of, you know, there's nobody, we have nobody to suck up to. So um, there you go. Let, it, let it, it rip.
0: That makes it a lot of fun. As you can tell, it's raining here in Seattle and uh, gotten like four inches in the last four days. So we're off to a good wet year, but you're down in Southern Cal. You've got Southern California weather. I have a question for you because you're in Southern Cal. Do you watch any local television newscasts over the air?
1: Only when there's a, uh, a car chase of a criminal that's racing down the uh, harbor freeway at 105 miles an hour in and out of traffic. I'll get a notification on Twitter that it's happening, and I'll go ter- turn on one of the local uh, uh, TV stations, and, uh, and they'll have their helicopter watching these guys go after it. It's really quite fun. So it's entertaining. You that's do watch it. a lot of television then. <laughs> yeah, you can be doing that. Day. That's a full-time job. There are full-time guys that do that. There's even a sports station, the uh, iHeart Sports Station, that simulcasts the audio of the car chases uh, in <laughs> oh, afternoon drive. It's, it's, a, it's, you know, it's a thing. You know, so there you go. I can't tell you the last time I tuned into a, uh, a network newscast. So no, no. Okay. Just, just
0: curious if your pattern was any different than what I see here. And so let's move on. First topic I've got is the what's in a name. I think you and I talked about this the, uh, the other day, that uh, Intercom is now contemplating a name change. I mean, Clear Channel moved to iHeart, which is at best an awkward rebranding. Below, which had a group of TV stations, when uh, Gannett bought them, they wanted to separate the newspaper and the TV because the newspaper is so drudge-filled, drudgery-filled, I should say. So yeah. they switched to, uh, to this new Tegna, which is, I guess, okay. So now comes intercom what's going on with
1: intercom well the rumor is is that senior management wants to reimage and rebrand the company that Intercom just doesn't speak to you know um, you know people that are uh, either either contributing and, and making content or to the ad community so you know the the, the rumor mill is that uh, is that they're going to be renaming it radio.com well nothing nothing speaks 1945 like radio or 65 or 75 or 85 or 95. So I, I, I don't know what, the, what they're going to do or what they're going to end up with, but it's going to be somewhere different than Entercom, which I think sounds fine. I mean, it's a, it's a great name actually, but uh, it, apparently it's not hip enough. So we're going to go hip. So, you know, when iHeart changed their name from Clear Channel, you know, they were really, they already had an app. They already had the iHeart radio app radio.com is the uh, is the radio app for Intercom. So I I get it, but iHeart kind of was meant whatever they wanted to make. It was kind of like iHeart Media, iHeart Radio, iHeart I love this stuff, right? If if memory serves, that was a Michelle Lavin brainstorm. She was the one who came up with that name for the app. And then Bob, you know, comes in and take the, you know, takes the company over from John Hogan. And, uh, and they decide to name the whole company after it. But I'm still waiting for David Field to take his prom picture down or his high school graduate, his prep school picture down and come up with a new modern photo.
0: Not going to happen for a while. Not going to happen for a while. I think your point is really right, though. You know, we've, we've played with a lot of people in the business have talked about renaming podcast audio, renaming radio audio. You know, we're audio, we're not radio. But the truth is, is that in consumers' mind, I think, radio just says what they're doing it, you know, whether it's a podcast or they're streaming or whatever, radio is kind of this audio thing that they don't have to get too involved in. And every time they talk about it, the industry talks about it, it lasts for about six months and we all go back to radio. So I'm not sure radio.com would be a bad idea. really, you know, it, it says what it says real clearly. And they've done more with uh, radio.com than CBS did in 10 years. So you got to hand it to them for that too.
1: Yeah. So I would, I would expect to see that happen sooner rather than later, you know, yeah. to, to what effect we'll see. But, um, you know, it's, a, uh, it's one of these, it's, it's one of these things where you have a, a name of a product or a company and you're know, all sitting around going, you know what? It's just not hip anymore. It's just not what we are anymore. So let's, let's just change it and let's change it for the sake of changing it. Do they go out and ask Do I, do I even know when I'm listening to K Earth in LA that it's an intercom station? I didn't even know it was a CBS station. You know, do I know that K so the brand is really only for the investment community, I think, and for people they want to buy and, and look hip to, but if you're an average radio listener, you know, you, you, you know, it's, 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 you're listening to KFI, you know, I, I don't give a shit if it's owned by iHeart or, or Intercom or Cumulus or Morello or any of these guys.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I think the branding is a, is a corporate uh, probably underwriting kind of a thing. And, those aren't exactly the hippest guys in the world, but, you know, David is uh, trying to stay ahead of the curve on all of this, and we'll we'll see where that goes. That'd be interesting. We'll keep, keep up on that. Okay. There's a guy by the name of Jeff Smullyan, who you and I know uh, over the years, who ran a very successful group of radio stations. He got into TV, international broadcasting, magazines. I mean, he's done everything. Sold them all off over the last 10, 12 years, and he has formed a SPAC. And that is not underwear. A SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company. And what these guys do is they go out and they raise, in Jeff's case, a couple hundred million dollars. And with uh, leverage debt, they can buy something up to maybe $2 billion or up to a billion dollars. And they have a, then a shell that they can immediately go public with as soon as they make an, make an acquisition. Now, we know in the broadcast business, Lou Dickey tried to do that with Modern Media a couple of years ago. He bought a company called Zuko, I think was a streaming company out of England. He gave them $53 million and found out everything was cooked. The books were cooked. The numbers were fake. The whole thing was a fraud. So that is somewhat emblematic of what's happening in the SPAC business. There's so many of them. There are over 200 right now that Mm. have billions of dollars. And this money burns a hole in their pocket. (laughs) They are in a position where if you've got a company between 30 and 100 million in, in revenue, you've been called every day or every week at least by a SPAC. Mm-hmm. because they're looking for those companies that have some growth and that have reasonable ongoing revenue. So Sumullian started this fund, It's200 million dollar Monument Circle fund, and he's targeting sports and media. I'm not sure what that means anything, but uh, he brought uh, Trog Keller on the board who used to run ESPN radio. My question to you, you're Jeff Semollian, you got a billion dollars burning a hole in your pocket. What are you gonna buy? Let's
1: see. Maybe he buys back Hot 97 in New York. Uh, no, he's not going to do that. Um, maybe he buys back power and el- no, he's not going to do that. Um, yeah, he's looking beyond radio. He didn't sell everything. He still has his Indianapolis cluster and he still has the Indianapolis or Indiana uh, magazine. and he and he still has some interest in the, um, in, in, this, in, the, in, the uh, in the New York uh, stations. Uh, you're right, everything else he's been, he's, he's kind of uh, sold out and liquidated and he's still got an office and, um, and he still has a couple of guys working for him. So this is kind of an extension of MS. This is an MS Monument Circle SPAC and you still have, he's, he's got his CFO, Pat Walsh. He's got some other uh, corporate guy that I hadn't heard of before, but th- so he's got his band back there at Indy, his MS guys, and then he's going to go out and do this. So I, I think, you know, it's interesting. They they have a, they still own the magazine. They have a, a interest in, I don't know if they own it all, in Sound That Brands, which is that uh, podcast company started by Dave Beesing. It was a program director for Bonneville for years. And this is a, a podcasting production company that does podcasts for corporations, for companies. They do the Trader Joe's podcast and they do some others. I, you know, don't know how successful that is, how much they've been able to monetize that in a way. And they've got a couple of sales execs that kind of go find clients for them. So they're, they're kind of dabbling in podcasting. There's a couple of other things they're dabbling in. So, you know, I don't know. I, you know, they could, they could buy, you know, you bring Trog Keller on and, you know, I, I find that interesting. Trog is an operations guy. I don't know that Trog is the great acquisition guy. Is he the great company acquisition ID guy? He's a great ops guy. You know, he ran the, he ran you know, the best sports radio network ever made possible by a bunch of guys in the Affiliate Relations Department who who locked up all the great affiliates when sports radio was taking off and they've never looked back. But even ESPN is looking at cutting those stations back and changing, you know, either selling or cutting back expenses or consolidating. They're, the ESPN radio network and their O&Os are not a, a, a sure thing going into the future. But TROG brings experience and, and obviously the investment community will want to know that. But Big Trogon, they could probably buy uh, Sports Map Radio, the the third or fourth ranked radio network, for about you know twenty million bucks, if that, probably ten, um, and 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 be back in the sports network business if they wanted to with hundred affiliates or whatever. Um, you know, who knows? They could buy, uh, you know, there, there's lots of, uh, I, I don't see them buying radio stations. I don't see if I'm, you know, a group like JVC that that Emmas is going to come in and buy me, offer me a ton of money and buy me out. Or uh, if I'm, uh, you know, Results Radio up in Northern California or Cherry Creek or these guys that are bumping around that can't get out of the business, that Jeff's going to go, don't worry, buddy, we'll take you out. No, I don't think so. So, uh, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's, uh, there, you know, there's another network out there. That's the VSIN network. That's um, it's all wagering and betting. And it's, it, it was started by Brent Musburger's son. I think Brent's on the network, but it's his son that runs it out of Vegas. Um, they could buy that for 50 bucks and be, you know, be good to go. Um, the purchase that I would do if I were them is I would look at a company like Skyview satellite networks and Skyview was in play a decade ago, sort of. Um, One of the founding partners, Dave Chamberlain, had passed away. Ken Thiel, who still runs the company, was one of the founding partners, wanted to sell it so that he could uh, rearrange the partnership, pay off his former partner's estate and and his family, and that never happened. But we were in, I was in, in with a group that was knee deep into buying Skyview. Didn't get it done, couldn't buy it. But here's a network, here's a company that does network distribution OK, it's not they don't program networks. They well, they do have a couple of state news networks, but that's that's kind of small, small stuff. But if you are a network like ABC Radio, you need somebody to distribute your, your content. And now with what, and somebody other than Westwood One or somebody other than Premier. So why do you want to do business with those guys when you can do business with Skyview? They're neutral. They're Switzerland. And they also built out a great platform for sports teams. College and all professional sports, to that they'd handle distribution of your network. So they created a great business for themselves. You talk about blue ocean. This was blue ocean. No one was doing this for the for these uh, for these sports teams. And then they took it even further and created a trafficking system for sports, so that they can traffic not only the games, which is a pain in the ass, but they figured out a way to do to be able to do automatic automated attribution measurement of live reads in games so hey hey jackson you know hey hey mariners fans this this pitching change is brought to you by sound ford with service loaners for life you know <laughs> well how do you prove that to rich Snyder down at sound ford that he actually got five pitching change promos during the game you couldn't you had to take your, you know, you had to, like, you'd go record it and you'd get the air check and somebody'd sit down and listen to the game and go, yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Skyview automated all that. So they own the distribution and trafficking marketplace for sports, okay, for individual teams and, uh, and, and colleges. It's amazing what they've done. And they also get inventory for it. So they get, they get some cash, they get some inventory. So they've got a sales arm that's reselling inventory in the Mariners, in the Angels, in the Dodgers, in the Lake, all that stuff. Who wouldn't want to have that portfolio of inventory to sell? It's a great, you know, I'd be knocking on Ken's door going, Ken, let's, you know, it's time you need to cash out. Let me, let's come in and we'll make a big investment. We'll let you keep running the company, keep going for it, but let's just, let's, uh, you know, we're going to buy you. I, I would go for that right away.
0: Okay so Sky Skyview right Skyview satellite networks Skyview satellite this is something probably deserves its own show but esports is beginning to pop up uh, all over the place mm-hmm. and I admit that I'm only on the edge of understanding it totally why somebody pays to watch someone else do a play a game but I've also seen some things where they've taken particularly before the uh, the season started this year and we ran into covid they were taking data from two teams and running it through artificial intelligence and the teams were playing and they were animating it on screen and announcing it with two of the of the staff announcers at a TV station that
1: I did some work with
0: and it was really cool you know but it was esports and so maybe there's
1: something that Jeff's looking at in that well you know and i i would be um, because uh, it's it's crazy crazy money crazy involvement so i I'd, I'd look at i'd look at at look at, at, at Skyview I'd look at wagering. I'd look at you know uh, not only is there VSim but there's also Sports Grid, which is another bubbling wagering radio network with other personalities on it. And I'd look at esports. And all of a sudden he gets all this stuff under the radar that no one really cared about in broadcasting, you know, at Cumulus at iHeart or or at Intercom. And now all of a sudden he's got he's got a, a pretty cool empire with uh, that's making money, you know, and he's not really really dependent on selling ads. Right. And he's got an upside, a big
0: upside, which is really yeah. important with these specs. They they don't get the return unless they have they have the upside. And and to your initial point, there there are no radio stations that the economics make sense for the upside he would need, in in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And and, and no one knows that better than than uh, uh Jeff than Jeff. Yeah. 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 Or maybe Jimmy he buys <laughs> the Mariners. I hey. <laughs> <The concept. laughs>
0: Uh, we aren't even going to go there. Um, okay. So a recent trade article uh, talked about uh, the fact that uh, how do radio stations and TV, obviously, sell against a duopoly of Google and Facebook? And it was really kind of a nonsense article because at the end of the day, the resolution was don't try to steal share from other radio stations. Try to steal share from digital. Well, that was fine. But And we've seen some of the major brands really cut back on their digital to no effect on their sales. You know, uh, Warner Brothers, or excuse me, uh, Uber and who else was uh, Mm P&G dropped $200 million with no change in their results, no change in their outcome. So the question is, particularly since so many of the responses, so many of the click-throughs and the data that people are getting are bots, how do we sell against these guys How do we sell against? How does radio or TV sell against these guys in a way that makes sense and isn't just gimme, gimme, gimme? Because I'm the radio station.
1: Yeah, uh, well, you know, it's a that's the uh, trillion dollar question. I don't know that you sell against them. There's there's no competing with Google and Facebook. And by the way, you can add in um, Yelp, and Instagram, and TikTok, YouTube. You know, you've got you've got a you're I mean it's, there's there's no way these guys are these guys are crushing traditional media, particularly even local media, and because they're selling to the lowest granular level. And then you throw in the Spotifys and the and the Pandoras and the Siriuses and everybody else. And it's like, oh my God, you know, the competitive minefield out there is so different than when, you know, we got into this business 40 years ago. So it's 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 insane. I don't know that you sell against them. I have always found that the the best argument that clicks through that people that are small local or regional advertisers look at you and go you know what you're right you're right and that is is that you cannot trust that people will find you when they go search when they search a keyword they search a, a plumber they search pizza they search pet store whatever it is they they search you can't trust that they're going to f- scroll through enough to find you okay so, you know, to be found, you know, you, you, you can't spend enough money on Google to be found. But to have them search for your business, you know, that's the key. And how do they do that? Well, the only way that they could do that is that they've been made aware of your business by some other form of advertising that doesn't come through their computer or their smartphone. That it is, it is uh, uh, dare I say, radio, cable, print, television. You know, it's just it's just how, how do you build an awareness of your brand so that they search for you rather than try to be found? And that's when people go, oh, yeah, I do need to make sure that people know I'm out there, what I'm doing. It's the same reason why they're buying billboards in the Little League outfield fence or yep. they're sponsoring the soccer tournament. It's because they want people to know who they are. So when they go back home to their computer, they're going to search for them, not end up with their competitor.
0: Well, and I, you know, radio really can, can drive a lot of search. The, the problem, I had a problem with a client a couple of years ago, we put together an entire campaign and it was, it was really well executed. We got a jingle package for him as a financial institution. Mm-hmm. Everything went along well for about six months. And the client called and said, well, we're going to have to cancel. And the question was why, of course. And they said, well, we're not getting any response. The only, I said, what response are you getting? Oh, we get everything off the web. We get everything off the internet. We're just doing great. We got all kinds of leads coming in. Well, line. how do you
1: think people are getting there? Well,
0: and the interesting thing is, is that the creative, this is what where there was a complete disconnect. The creative drove them to the website. You you want a boat finance? Go to the website. Go to the website. But, you know, you know that's another story. But the point is radio and TV, I think, can very effectively drive search. The other thought I had is, some of the most of these clients have gotten to the point where they got to be sophisticated enough to begin to understand that they really are wasting a lot of their digital money. So mm-hmm. how do you reallocate some of that? How do you find out what's working? Where is the top of the curve on the response so that you know they don't continue to spend in those media? That takes a little more sophistication, a little more work. But I think your point is right. It's it's tough. And in a lot of ways, we're kind of like the newspapers, radio and TV, are like the newspapers, you know, they have fought it for years and years and years and it got harder and harder and harder. And then okay. the final thing is who's local anymore. You know, after the pandemic, what's going to be around that's local uh, so, for another, another media. Yeah.
1: yeah you know, that's, it's a, uh, it's, it's, yeah. I just hope there's somebody left. We can go sell some spots to.
0: Right. Right. All right. We got to jingle out. So Ed Stoltz,
1: come on. Is he still in the news? Apparently. Apparently there's been an agreement uh, through Larry Patrick to sell the stations for, I don't know, between five and $6 million to a company called VCY. Is that what it's called?
0: Yeah. It's a religious group.
1: Uh, Yeah. A a religious broadcaster and, um, um, and it's all set to go and he's still, you know he's still clinging. You know he's he's that guy that you know he's he's who's holding on to the cliff. You know he he's you know he's got all fours. He won't he won't get thrown out of court, and he's saying it's still a bad deal. And uh, I think whether I I think the judge has just had it from what I can tell in the readings of the uh, of the press articles, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna put the gavel down, and uh, Patrick will have sold the stations. Well, it uh, it leaves one message. What's the one message, Keith? Pay your bills. don't mess around with with BMI and ASCAP since the early eighties. Yeah. And also pay your tower rent. That's a good thing. Pay your tower rent. Hasn't done that. Um, So it's all, you know, every, every article comes out with a laundry list of creditors and you just go, Oh dude, dude.
0: (laughs) All right. I'm going to jingle out with the NAB pleading poverty and they're asking their members to double their dues this next year. Okay. First of all, our business is down by 20, 25%, right? On the radio side, political revenue was a huge disappointment this year. That is, unless you have stations in Georgia. Right. Get stations in Georgia. It doesn't matter where you are. You're making, you're making bank. They had in 19, 2019, they had revenues of $180 million. They've got $217 million in the bank and ready to spend. They just moved into a new $62 million building on M Street. They sold their old building for thirty-two million, and they want to double everybody's dues. Now I can see it with some of the TV groups because they truly made bank during this political season. But you know, for the small radio guys, give us a break. You know, the small medium market, even the major market radio guys, they've taken such a hit. They don't need the NAB climbing down their back asking for more money.
1: Well, and I don't think the NAB wants to climb down their back to get more money. I don't think I think the NAB could wave goodbye to you know, probably 50% of their radio clients and wouldn't even, wouldn't even dent their income nor, and by the way, would save them a lot of headaches.
0: Well, good point. And hence the RAB and the IBA and some of the other groups that are kind of coming up. All right. That's my jingle out. Uh, This has gone way too quickly, but it's off to a good start for the new year. So happy new year to you, Keith. Thanks for uh, again, doing another great media consultant show.
1: Thanks, Jackson. We're on. A, we're raging into 2021. You know, nothing will stop us. So, uh, all the best, buddy. Have a great week.